Welcome to Analyst Talk with Jason Elder. It's like coffee with an analyst, or it could be whiskey with an analyst reading a spreadsheet, linking crime events, identifying a series, and getting the latest scoop on association news and training. So please don't beat that analyst and join us as we define the law enforcement analysis profession one episode at a time. Thank you for joining me. I hope many aspects of your life are progressing. My name is Jason Elder, and today our guest has 13 years of law enforcement analysis experience with over 25 years of law enforcement experience as a uniformed officer, canine, SWAT, vice, and narcotics. For over 30 years, he has been a great instructor of analytical tools and automation. He even developed and instructed the basic analytical techniques for law enforcement, also known as battle. You can often find him at conferences teaching Excel and manning the ACES booth. Please welcome Lenny Leedy. Lenny, how are we doing? Pretty good. Thank you, sir. Good to be here. Yeah, I am so happy to talk with you. Some people have told me they consider me the LEA Excel guru, but I have always considered you the LEA Excel guru because you have taught for so many years at, at conferences and just have done such a wonderful job teaching new techniques to analysts. Well, thank you. All right. Well, let's get into it then. How did you discover the law enforcement analysis profession? Well, like you said, you know, I had 25 years experience, but I did a couple in the street, eight in canine, a couple more in the street, then 13 years undercover narcotics. When I was in narcotics, they discovered I knew how to use a computer. (laughs) Well, we didn't have analysts in our unit. So every time something needed done, they put it on me. When I first started, I was actually had an Apple IIe computer and could do charts at home. And so that's where that came up. Then the PC developed. Then we got a program for to manage all of our cases called ACES. And that did, you know, all, corrected over phone toll information, all of our case information. And at that time, it did not have any analytical tools built in. So I would export the data to a program called Multiplan, which was a spreadsheet. And I used it until it got bought out by Microsoft. And Microsoft then came out with Excel. And that's when I first started using Excel. So what's the time around what you just said? Before most of the listeners were born. (laughs) (laughs) So I went to narcotics in 86. Okay. And then how do you... Had you always been interested in computers? Had you had your PC and interested in computers even before that? Yeah. Like I said, I had an Apple IIe computer. So, mm-hmm. you know, that shows you, I don't whenever it came out is the year I got it. Okay. So I have to look that up. I have no idea. Yeah, but, I don't oh, but if you have, if you do the math, so we have a lot of analysts listening. So if you do the math, I'm old. <laughs> But so anyway, so yeah, I've always liked computers and, you know, I didn't know I liked computers. One of the things I kicked myself in the butt for is my degree is in marine biology with a minor in math and a minor in chemistry. I took no computer classes. You know, that was what people back then used to carry around boxes of pre-punch cards, punch cards. And I'm thinking, what a bunch of geeks. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you want to do with that degree? What was your well, plan? I was, I was going to be the next Jacques Cousteau. Okay. Um, I 
you know, I've always, cause I was, I started scuba diving back in high school and got my certificate and I've scuba dived most of the springs in Florida. And when people think of Florida, all they think about is Mickey Mouse, mm-hmm. Daytona Beach and Miami. That's it. As far as them, there's nothing else in Florida. There's like 300 divable springs in Florida and I've done a hundred of them. And plus I worked at a summer camp in the Keys taught, teaching uh, marine biology and scuba classes. But then when I graduated college, I had to get a job and I couldn't <laughs> find a job in marine biology that would pay anything. I mean, you know, back then even it was $5,200 a year to work out of the University of South Florida, go out on a boat for five days, take samples, come back, work in the lab for three, have two days off, then go back out on the same boat for five more days. And that wouldn't even pay my college loans. Let alone a car payment. So I worked at the YMCA for a little bit just after graduation because that's what I did during college. And then I just happened to be working at a Y and the guy who did physical fitness training called in sick for a week. And they were training and doing classes in physical fitness for the Lee County Sheriff's Office. I was in Fort Myers at the time. And he asked me to do the classes. So I did the classes for them, you know, and worked their butts off. <laughs> and uh, one day they kidnapped me on a Friday night in good, good humor here. Yeah. And uh, they kidnapped me and took me out to ride with them. And I was sold. The first wow. time out there, we went to this and I'm, we're talking in the middle of the deepest ghetto in that <laughs> area, people living in part, tar paper shacks. And this lady called in that someone broke into her place and stole her TV. And it was like a 12 inch black and white. So I'm on the way out. And I'd never been exposed to that when I was a kid, you know, poverty and stuff like that. So I came out and I was talking to the cop. I said, what's she worried about a 13 inch colored TV? And he goes, you don't understand poor people, do you? She goes, that's all she has. She goes, did you notice we found the guy, we found the TV, we took it back. And the guy goes, did you notice that when she tried to offer us, some stuff out of her freezer to eat. I said, yeah. I said, you know, we didn't take it. He goes, no, no, no. She's just trying to you know, pay us back for doing something nice to her. And I said, well, that was kind. He goes, but do you know what it was? I said, no. She goes, it's springtime in Florida. It's Robin's. She would pay the kids to go out with their BB guns and give them a nickel for every Robin. And she would eat Robin's because they had, she had no money or she's poor. And yeah. so I didn't know it. But anyways, I got yeah. to help that lady. I got help to get her TV back. And I was within two years was a full-time officer in St. Pete. That's so serendipitous, right? As you mentioned, the guy happened to be out sick for that week. And yeah. this leads you to the path of your career. Yeah. Wow. All right. So then let's talk about you starting developing your expertise in computers and and policing and investigations while being in the investigative unit at a police department. So got transferred to narcotics. And at that time, they were looking at automating our cases. So there was a program out there called ACES, and we got that. Uh, what does uh, ACES been, stand for? Well, back in the old days, it used to stand, the name of the company was Augmented Computer. Mm-hmm. And this was their augmented computer intelligence support system. Okay. Now it doesn't stand for anything. It's just ACES. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, but that was back in the olden days. So anyways, so I could collect the data on phone records. We would, we had an old bar tech pen register and we would get phone tolls. 
So I could upload those to ACES. And ACES did some basic things like a frequency analysis, time of day, day of week. And that's about it. I mean, this is back, you got to realize this is back in the 80s. And, you know, I don't even, some of the other big vendors were even there then. So I found a program called Multiplan and it was a spreadsheet program. And I started using it to do all this analysis and basically had to learn on my own because there were no classes. Well, then Microsoft bought Multiplan and came out with Excel. Well, I basically took every Excel class there was. I went to the junior college, I took the classes and they did good. I mean, they were teaching Excel, but they were teaching it from a business aspect, bookkeeping and stuff like that. And one of my most advanced classes at the end of my, you know, 10 or 12 weeks, whatever it was, class, the guy goes, yeah. And then there's this thing called pivot tables. (laughs) And he goes, and it does some analysis stuff. And I looked at that and the next day I'm doing pivot tables and oh my God, life (laughs) changed at that point. So we'll get more into that later, but that was the change. I mean, I could do things other people could not even dream of. And then we needed a way to chart the program. Well, there was another program out there, a very expensive program, and we couldn't afford it. And I happened to be on the internet way back in the old days and found this program called RF Flow, which is a really good program. It's like, I don't know. $50, $75. I have no idea uh, what it costs now. And if you're in law enforcement, they give you a discount. So I contacted them. I got a copy of the program and started doing all these charts. And this was back before charts were popular. Mm -hmm. And I could do all these things I did with phone tolls, with organizations and stuff like that. And so that was really the start of the analytical part. I then found a class from a because the only one doing it back then was Anna Kappa. <laughs> and they had a basically a charting class. So I started, I took that. And that's where I learned the basics of how to chart. And from there on, things just got, you know, more data, more complicated, more complicated analysis, having to learn more. I've had probably every Excel book there is and read them, most of them end to end. Wow. So like, and then for example, pivot tables, they weren't even covered in the first few books of Excel, it was there. And then here's a perfect example, which is a standard feature now. And you'd be surprised how many people don't know it. If you have a column of numbers and you're doing some mathematical calculation in the column, Mm -hmm. if you double click on the lower right-hand corner of a cell with a formula, and it's called the fill handle, it's a little box. Mm -hmm. If you double click on that, it fills that down as long as there's data in the next row. That wasn't documented till the late 90s. And I'm sitting there and I'm getting, I knew I could click and drag down, but I didn't know about the double tap. So I sat there one day and I accidentally double tapped it and it filled it down. And I went, oh crap, what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> and I remember it thinking, oh, I messed up. I did something wrong. Yeah. And then I figured out, then it took me a day or two to figure out what I did because I didn't know what I did. You know, it was just by accident. You know how when you click on something, sometimes you click twice. Well, that's what I did. So yeah. it took me a while. Yeah, but I, I did get to talk. I, I had a pivot table question. So I called Microsoft back when you could call Microsoft. <laughs> and I actually talked to the developer who developed the pivot table. Wow. And he did it because he was working on something and trying to figure out some way to break down data. It had nothing to do with a marketable product. And it just happened to be in there. 
and happened to be discovered by people. It was not something, let's develop this tool. Let's show this tool to the world. The guy goes, really? You use it for that? And I started explaining what I did with phone tolls and frequency analysis and wiretaps and data like arrest data or, or case data. And he's going, I had no idea. Hmm. Do you remember his name? Oh, I have no idea. Okay. Curious about that. So that was a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. So you're in narcotics. You are starting to work on the computer, as you mentioned, do some of these pivot tables, working on tolls and other investigative needs. Did everybody start coming to you for information? Because it sounds like you were the only one that knew how to run a computer in your whole unit. Well, not the whole unit, most of the department. No one else in the department had Excel. Yeah. They had, matter of fact, the way I got Excel is I ordered a computer through a grant we were working on. And because I ordered it, I didn't have to go through the IT department. Because if you got a computer through the IT department, they erased Microsoft Office mm. and they put in the Lotus Suites. Yeah, I remember Lotus. And, you know, you couldn't have it. So I ordered the computer and I started using Excel. And that's my pivot tables and stuff. And finally, one of the guys came over one day from IT. And he says, I had a question about the network or something like that. And so he comes into my office because I, I built the network. I did the network. But in addition, now, let me go back a second. In addition to doing all this stuff, I still had to go out and buy drugs, pick up prostitutes, work cases, <laughs> you know, do search warrants and all that other stuff. But the bosses and the guys, you know, wanted all this other stuff done. So I did a lot of it from home because my home computer had Excel. But anyway, so the guy from IT comes over and he goes, what is that? I said, it's Excel. He says, you can't have Excel. (laughs) You got to use Lotus. I said, no, I don't. (laughs) And I said, okay. So I brought up and did a pivot table. I said, when you get Lotus to do that, you come back. (laughs) <laughs> and got a couple of more flack things from IT about having an unsupported program in the city. But, you know, they left me alone because I was doing things like a detective was working this case and it was embezzlement. It was back when Florida was in a building boom. They were buying up all these small hotels, making condos out of them, doing timeshares. And these people were making buku bucks. I mean, you know, $100,000 a month you could make if you bought a big condo, bought a big motel and they converted to condos. Your commission could be in the hundreds of thousand dollars for just one month's work. Mm-hmm. But anyways, they were missing money. So they couldn't figure out why and how. So they called in their, called in a, a detective from our department and he came over with a delimited Excel file of all of their calls. Now, I had to clean it up. It was really dirty, but I cleaned it up and did a pivot table while he was sitting there. And he he looked at those sheets, the paper and on the computer, you know, he did all that. And he couldn't figure it out. I did a pivot table who signed the checks, how much money each person got. That was it. And then did totals. And it turned out that the bookkeeper was they had a petty cash thing. Mm hmm. And she would write herself a check for $39 or $180. I had a petty check. It was a thousand bucks. And it wasn't uncommon for her to write a petty cash for a thousand, two thousand bucks to do the petty cash so they could go to buy pizza for the people or whatever. Well, what turned out that over the years, she was a little upset because everybody was making all this money and she wasn't. So she started writing herself two and three thousand dollar checks. 
and not petty cash and cashing them herself. But anyways, the pivot table showed that in about two or three minutes. And the guy was just awestruck. Yeah. So from our, he was from our economic crimes unit. So yeah. and that was one of the first outside of, outside of the narcotics. Okay. So, and what department is this? St. Petersburg, Florida. Okay. All right. Interesting. So you're dealing with link charts. You're dealing with Excel. Are you also doing anything with mapping? At that point, there were no mapping, quote, programs. I mean, there were, God, what was the name of that program? Map Info. Yes. And that was the program we got for a little while as a test. And we had one license of it and we shared it and stuff like that. But we did some mapping. But well, for, for example, a lot of the mapping we did by hand, well, when you put an address into ACES, it knew what, what the zone was, you know, the police zone, what district, it, we, the city was divided into districts, districts were broken down into zones, and zones were broken down into CTs or census tracts, really small areas, little, you know, bordered by streets and things, you know, a typical neighborhood, you know, where you have, you know, one way in and one way out, that'd be one CT. and so. You had CTs. Well, anyway, we got a new chief and great guy, Chief Kurt Singer, came from L.A. And his first meeting with the staff was held. And my boss went over there from narcotics major. And uh, Mickey Stepanoff, great guy, too. He was my major for years. He's one of the reasons I got to do all this stuff because he saw what all the stuff I could do. So he let me do training. He let me go out and get training. He let me go out and do stuff. I got to do a lot because I was you know, beneficial to the unit. He saw my skills you know, could only help the unit. Well, anyway, so he came back and he goes, can we get all the drug arrests broken down by census track? And I go, well, I can't do the whole department, but I can do all the narcotics arrests. And since we do all the drug evidence for the whole department, as long as there's an address on that drug seizure by patrol, I can do that. He goes, do that for me. So into ACES, give me all the narcotics cases and narcotics evidence with the address, blah, 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 and down to CT, import that into Excel, do a pivot table, break it down by census track, count the number of incidents. And I gave it to him 15, 20 minutes at the most. And he went, this is cool. And he was <laughs> laughing and I'm going, okay, I didn't think anything of it. So he went over to the chief's office and he gave this document to the chief. And the chief said, this is just what I wanted. I want, I wanted a breakdown. So when I get called to a meeting at a neighborhood, I can go in and say, well, look, here is the crime in your area. He goes, now, can you do this with other stuff? He goes, no, we're only narcotics. He goes, oh, he goes, do me a favor, go back in my, he had a side office with a kit, little kitchen and stuff like that back around the corner where they could make coffee and had a microwave and stuff. He says, go in there and wait for a second. And he called the head of the department in to his office. And he went in and the guy is a, uh, I don't want to give away too much, is former military and very, you know, yes, sir, no, sir, a brusque, you know, I'm, I'm the boss type thing. Well, anyway, calls him in. And he goes, now explain to me during the meeting, I asked for a breakdown of all the crime by, I think they're called census tracts. And because he didn't know he's a brand new chief, been there a week. He goes, yes, sir. He says, I told you I can't do that. He goes, why not? He goes, well, we don't have, our computer system doesn't do that. He goes, so what can you break it down yet? Well, I can give you all the addresses. He goes, well, what about the zones or districts? He goes, well, I don't know. Not really, because their, their system didn't break it down by then. Now, this was a long time ago. Well, anyway. So he says, well, they have this system over in narcotics called Leedy. 
he thought Leedy was the name of the computer. He didn't know Leedy was a person. So the chief says, they have this computer program called Leedy. And here is every narcotics rest broken down by census tract, broken down by zone, and broken down by district. Now, what computer system do you have? And he says this. He goes, and how many people are in your unit? And he oh, goes, uh, I said, how much am I paying you? Well, how much does this Leedy system cost? And, you know, just, you know, because the guy was very brusque with the chief. And the chief finally turned around and said, no, no, no. I'm the chief and started chewing his butt out. Well, anyway, so he said, I want something like this for all the arrests in this city by this and gave him the printout. I did this is back when we had fan fold paper and God, I haven't done it so long. What, what's the paper called? They had the holes in the side yeah, I know the, <laughs> it was with the real and was it the green, the green and white line. Paper? Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> he matrix. Yeah, dot matrix printer. That was, by the way, the 15 minutes to do the report, that was a piece of cake. It was the 30 minutes to wait till it printed. But anyways, he took that and he went back into the office and he starts cussing and screaming about lady this and lady that because he knew who I was Mm -hmm. and he never corrected the chief and threw the paper down on the floor and then jumped up and down on it like a little kid. Oh, God, it was hilarious. Of course, I wasn't there. A friend of mine called me and said, what did you do? Oh, man, that is an awesome story. So you should develop a software called Leedy in in honor of that story, because that's a fantastic story. Oh, God. But uh, uh, and the chief was a great guy. I mean, so was uh, Mickey, my supervisor. But anyway, so, you know, things like that, you know. uh, All right. So then you retire and you've been teaching for a while now and you start working for ACES and I want to move away from that now and just talk a little bit about Excel and link charting. For RFLow, I'll start there. That's a software that I've used and you mentioned it's only like 50 bucks. I think it is only 50 bucks last time I saw it. And what I really like about that program is I used to use it for timelines. Yes. And what I like about it, you could import the data. It would give you the, the timeline but it gave you the flexibility that if I wanted to snake the the timeline or I wanted to stack periods on top of each other, like if I want to break down by year one, year two, year three uh, vertically, I could do that. And that's what always frustrated me about I2, which is another link analysis software, is that I could not do that. And back when I was an analyst and trying to print on a plotter, I was like, oh, geez, this, this data works better vertically than it does horizontally. I, you know, it was just, a, that was a breath of fresh air, that little simple program that I, I could use and it just fit my needs really well. And it did what I needed it to do at the time. I, I agree. And you know, now you can even, it'll import a list of subjects from a text file and do a link chart automatically for you. So, you know, it does a lot. Yeah. Right now I'm on the website mm-hmm. and it's $49. Okay. So it hasn't changed. I'm, I think it was $49 or $50 when I was using it back in 2003. Yeah. But they have a section even on their website about how to use it for crime analysis. Oh, good. So, 
All right. We'll put we'll put the link to that in in the show notes here. If the, you, the listener, want some more information, maybe you can't afford some of the other link analysis software, but you certainly sh- hopefully can afford that RF flow program. Well, it also you know I I use it for my telephone charts too. I could import a frequency analysis. It would do that, and it would do a multi-target analysis too. So you can see the links between and it does all of that just by importing the data. So. I'll send you that link because there's a link right to their crime analysis charts that they have. Okay. All right. So let's get into Excel then, because you probably already have mentioned it, but I'll ask one other than the pivot table, what function or formula in Excel (laughs) do you really think has had a huge impact on the law enforcement analysis profession? Oh. God, I have, there's so many things, mm. you know, like I said, but, you know, pivot tables, if for nothing else, pivot yeah. tables are the way to go. But then the ability, when you bring in your data, you can click and break it down using auto filters. Yeah. And, you know, just by clicking and dragging, you can do, break down data, total data, break, you know, take it all the white males charged with, you know, prostitution and cocaine. And now I only went to females, just click a button. Whereas if you're using data out of something like access, you got to go in and change your, you know, your formulas. You got to do everything where with Excel, you just click on the little drop down arrow at the top of this column and you can bring it in. And then all kinds of formulas, the ability to search data. And then lastly, macros, make sure I don't forget Mm -hmm. that. The ability to search data. A lot of people don't know this. But you can search data. So if you have a list of all the arrest charges and the word heroin is buried somewhere in there, Mm -hmm. you can do a formula that says search that. If the word heroin is there, put a yes here, convert that to a pivot table to extract that data that you can't sort. You can't sort it by that because heroin's in the middle. You want, you know, if it said, if every crime had heroin comma overdose, heroin comma sale, yeah, you could do it. But by using the search functions, find and search, you can basically do the finding data that, you know, you can't find. And so there's a lot of formula. I mean, some stupid ones. Here's a stupid one. You wouldn't <laughs> think it'd be so hard. Subtracting time. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had people show me formulas 40, 50, 60 characters long <laughs> to subtract time because to Excel, there's only 24 hours in a day. So if you want to subtract 11 p.m. at night from three o'clock in the morning, it gives an error. Mm-hmm. You have a list of hours. Now, not a number of hours of overtime for a week. And you have over 24 hours. It's not going to add right. If you have 30 hours overtime, when you do the total on that, it's going to say six. <laughs> because to Excel, that's one day in six hours. So yeah. there's a really simple in Excel to extract it. I mean, it just, and it takes, you know, to, to add up the time and, you know, little things like that. So time, yeah. and I yeah. get more questions about dates and times than I do anything else. Yeah. You remember um, that, the, the name of that function you just described? Let's see. All right. So let's start with dates first. Good friend of mine. Well, haven't seen him in, since COVID. Haven't seen him in years, as a matter of fact. Steve Gottlieb uh-huh. teaches a great course great course in predict i call it predictive analysis i don't know what he calls it he doesn't like the word i predict I but, but yeah he was on i had him on the show so 
Um, forecasting, but go ahead. Forecasting. But anyways, he is a great guy and has this great class. And you get this handheld calculator and he goes in and what you're trying to do, and I forget what he calls it, but it's the mid, mid date, the date and time. So if you have a crime on January the 2nd at 1440 and you have another crime on February 3rd at 1370, what is the mid date and time? And he has this big formula to calculate that date diff. <laughs> yeah. That's all. That's all you need to do in Excel yeah. equals date diff. Put this date, that date, or I'm sorry, that'll give you the number of days. And then if you do mid MID, that gives you the middle date and time. Now, how's it do that? Excel stores a date as the number of days since January 0, 1900. And it stores times as a decimal representing the number of seconds since midnight. So mid-noon is in Excel stored as 0.5. Six o'clock in the evening is 0.75. So as long as you know that, it's just numbers. Mm-hmm. And what can you do with numbers? You can do math. So, but anyways, so date, diff, time, and there's a lot of time functions. Mm-hmm. For example, if you import a bunch of times like one, two, three, four, and that's supposed to be 1234 p.m., mm-hmm. There's no way to do that in Excel unless you insert a colon between the one, two, and the three, four. And I have a formula that does that, but it's 85 characters long. So (laughs) you can do that. However, the problem is you don't want to do it twice. (laughs) And that's where macros come in. And everybody is scared to death of macros. In its simplest form, in the way I teach it, it's just a recording. You And the way I teach the thing, you don't even have to type the formula correct. All you got to do is get one that works, copy and paste it in. But so you can just use a single button to convert it to a time. Yeah. So. And for the listeners, it, if you're not quite understanding that, because if you see one, two, three, four, I'm like, oh, you just take the left function and the right function and you can put it no, together no, no, like no, that. No. But obviously you have single digit hours. So that's where it becomes a little bit more of a headache there to calculate that and then tell Excel to then treat this like a time. Right. And, you know, if you get a call that came in at one second after midnight, that comes in as like zero one. It might come in as one. Points. <laughs> no, points. Well, if you, it depends. Points, yeah. you know, but to convert that to a time, you know, it comes in as, as zero, zero point one. Or zero would be point point one, but anyways, you have to add, you have to pad out five zeros. Mm -hmm. So you put five zeros in front of it using the trim function, and then you convert that and take it apart and put in the colons. So you know the only way to do that is is my eighty five. Well, there might be another formula out there, but I teach my eighty five character formula. And then you know, so I've done. Here's another one: a local department I did an Excel class for. What they did is they got, I can tell two stories here. Okay. Go <laughs> they ahead. Got, you got time. They got they got an address. They got a list of addresses. Well, what they had to do on Friday is they would download this previous seven days worth of crime. And then they would go in and they would have the in Excel, they'd have the list of addresses and the type of crime. And then they would remove any sexual crimes and any crimes against children, because this is what they reported to the press. So they didn't report rapes and child abuse and that sort of stuff to the press. But what they would do is they go into the number part of the address 
and they would select it and then they would type in block of. So what they ended up doing is they would take the number like 1127 and they would highlight the 27 and they would paste in zero, zero block of, and they'd do all of those. Then the ones that had three zeros, they would do that, et cetera, et cetera. And it would take like four analysts all day to do that. And that was so that the sheriff could have it for a weekly briefing with the press. So it could be in the Sunday paper, by the way, and <laughs> he could do that. So I'm teaching my five-day Excel class there. And in teaching the class, one of the supervisor on Wednesday said, because we just did a search and replace thing in Excel. And he goes, can you do this? And I said, do what? He says, I want to just what I describe, you know, do that. And it's not as easy as it looks because you have to figure out, first off, how many characters is the number? You know, so you have to do a find, a space, and then you have to count that. And you have to do this. Then you got to say, okay, take that number, one, two, three, four. If it's, you know, five digits, do this. If it's six digits, do this. If it's four digits, if it's two digits, do this. And then replace that 11, one, two, three, four, or one, I'll make it different, one, five, seven, nine, First Street to the 1,500 block of First Street. And that's the longest formula I teach. That's close to 100 characters. You are the host of a new video tutorial segment for LEA Podcasts called Small Steps. Just give the audience a little snippet on what they can expect from these videos. Yeah, yeah. So the idea is is there's a lot of things, and without having to sit through an hour-long thing to, you know, get through multiple things at once, just the short videos. And kind of the way I I like to see is, hey, like when you're searching for something yourself on YouTube, this or that, what what do you you get something specific, you get a small piece and it's, it's a lot easier to digest. So I think the idea behind this is, is really sometimes it might be a, a couple episodes in a row tackling the same type of thing, but it's just a quick, Hey, check it out. Here's a quick tip. Here's how you do it. And for this specifically is typically using some law enforcement type data, some data that'll be similar to what you would use and, and how you could use it. So like examples, just, you know, text a column or certain formulas, concatenate, VLOOKUP, XLOOKUP. Some of these, you know, some of these, you, you just, like I say, you might not. I'm still, I don't by any means consider myself an expert. Anything to make it easier, I kind of learn at the same time. And I love sharing with other analysts, not an hour-long class. You don't have to sign up for it. It's not costing you $10 for yeah. stuff you might or might not know. It's just a quick videos, quick tips. So, so this video series will release every Tuesday. If you have suggestions for what you would want videos shown of, uh, whether it's in Excel or Access or SQL or whatever program it may be, send us an email, LEA podcasts with an S at gmail.com or give us a, a comment in one of our social media postings. For me, one of the frustrations I see in with analysts and using Excel is sometimes analysts won't explore how to do things more efficiently. Okay. And they're shown how to do it once, and they'll do the same clicks week after week to produce the same product because uh, that's what they're assigned to do. So right. they're not even considering shortcut keys or customizing the ribbon, or even like I mess around with adding frequently used buttons in the toolbar. 
up above the title toolbar. And quick tip there is I like to put the the paste values button there yes, because to there me, too. I constantly am like, okay, I'm copying this cell with the formula, but I don't want to have the formulas because Excel will then, wherever I paste it, will use the same references to then try to calculate. I don't want that link there. I just want the values. So I'm constantly, okay, just paste the values. So I have that quick access tool there. And even you mentioned macros. They wouldn't even consider using macros to make their job easier. So for somebody maybe listening, maybe they're new Excel, or maybe they're in that boat where they're doing something, a, a task, what advice would you give to them to maybe help them be more proficient in Excel? All right. So let me, you asked me a question and I didn't answer it. So <laughs> the, the function to calculate an age, remember I talked about that? Oh, yes. And I've had all these long, there's a hidden function in Excel called date diff, mm-hmm. D-A-T-E-D-I-F. And what you do is you have, a, like to calculate the age, you have the, well, there's two ages. You have to cal- remember which one you want. If you want a list of subjects and how old they are today, that's their current age. But if you want a list of all the juveniles arrested last year, you have to do their age as of the date of arrest last year. Yes. Well, date diff does that mm-hmm. for you. And, you know, I've had people with, you know, 50, 60 character formulas trying to do leap years and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Remember, in Excel, a date is just a number. And the date diff function subtracts one number from another number gives you a number, and then you convert that to a date because Excel stores a date as a number of days since January 0, 1900. So anyways, date diff does that. Now, the problem is, I'm, this is, I'm guessing at this point, that used to be a documented function in Excel, and then it went away. Now it's back, it's documented, but it's hidden. In other words, it's not right there for you to see easily. But if you type in equals date diff left parentheses in Excel, you can click on the it shows a little part of the formula right below it. You can click on that and up comes the help. And what it says is Excel provides the date diff function in order to support older workbooks from Lotus 1, 2, 3. <laughs> okay. So my thinking is Excel stole that function from, I'm guessing, don't get Bill Gates to sue me. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing Lotus when they started losing all their, for, because there are people on this that have never heard of Lotus 1, 2, 3. Yeah, the only funny. program they know is Excel mm-hmm. or the, what, what is Google's called? Google Count or Google? I don't, yeah, I don't even like know. There's some because Google Now function. you can use Excel in Google. So I right. don't even know how much it's used. But anyways, so I'm thinking they got sued by Lotus and they had to take it out. They left it in there, but it was not documented. You could, there was no help function for it. Oh, well, okay. Now the help function's back, so. I don't know. But anyways, date diff. So if you want, if you're going to, if you're going to say, what did I learn during this podcast? <laughs> date date diff. diff to calculate an age. Okay. Right. I'm sorry. No, so let's okay. go back. Okay. Let's go back. Where were we? Okay. So now somebody. Oh, we want to help the analysts. Yeah. Help the analysts be more proficient by making their tasks easier. What advice? Number one, you know, there are several Excel people out there teaching. I personally think I teach the best, but that's me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but, but, you know, training, you need training and don't be afraid to learn. You don't know how many people, okay, I offer a five-day Microsoft Excel class. You have to pay for it and I'll come to your agency, I'll train you. You don't know how many people will, will get that for the class and they're going to say, I've used Excel for 10 years. I know Excel, okay? I actually had that happen to me. I taught a class for an agency. 
I it, happened, it was close to where I live, so I drove over, took the day, drove over and talked to them. And they had five analysts in there. And so I went to every person and I said, you know, how can I help you? What do you want to learn? I do this. How can I make this easier? And I said, okay, I'll build that in. I did all that. And I went to the last person and I said, how do you use Excel? He goes, I've been using Excel for 10 years. I know Excel. I said, we're going to come to my class. He goes, what can you teach me? And I went, okay, what are you doing there? And he had a list of arrest charges and for the week. This is another report that had to be done on Friday. And he had a list of the charges and he was sorting them by charge, which is fine. And then he had Microsoft Word open in another page and he would go to the first charge, a rest on more, and he would copy that. He'd go over to his other screen and he would click and he would paste a rest on warrant. And then he would count, go back to Excel, go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And type, go back to Word and type 10. And then he would go down to the next, next chart. And I said, so what do you do? What, I mean, what's this, how long does this take? He goes, well, I come in on Friday morning. And if everybody shuts up and doesn't bother me, I can have it done by one or two. And I went, okay, do you mind if I show you something? <laughs> so I went in. And in five mouse clicks is what it takes for a pivot table. And that's my thing. I can, do a, I can do a pivot table in five mouse clicks. And I did that in five mouse clicks. Basically did his six to eight hours worth of work oh. in what? 15 seconds, 20 yeah. seconds. And then it, when you, if you're not used to pivot tables, it opens it in another tab at the bottom. So I said, now, to me, that's what I would do. Then I reached <laughs> down and I right-clicked on the tab. I hit delete and walked out. <laughs> by the way, I love it. by the way, because he goes, what can you teach me? Well, let me tell you. So, by the way, he came to my class. Nice. It's a true story. But I use that to illustrate part of, what uh, you know, it's not an attitude. It's just that's the way they were trained. Mm-hmm. You know, you you doesn't matter whether you're an analyst or you're a cop. You do what you're trained to do. Like the shootings, you know, there was a f- uh, famous shooting down in Miami by FBI, and they had revolvers. And one of the FBI agents was killed. There was a couple killed, but one of them was killed. And when they found him in his hand, he had the the ex- brass that he had kicked out of his gun. Because in their training, they would shoot six shots. They would then unload the revolver. They would kick the empties down into their left hand. And then they stood there with the revolver open and the empty cartridges in their left hand. And then the instructor would walk down to make sure they shot all six. And then they would load up. So that's what he was trained. And so here he is in a shootout, dumping rounds into his left hand instead of just complete reloading and going on because that's what you were trained to do. So, you know, you do what you're trained. I mean, mm-hmm. an analyst comes in and there's an existing spreadsheet. Some other analyst shows them what to do and they think that's the way to do it. I mean, you don't know how many times people will say, I already use Excel. There's nothing else to teach me. And then I don't know whoever said this to begin with, but it's been around for a while. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. If you There's stuff in Excel. I mean, I'm good. And I admit it. I mean, I'm bragging a little bit on myself, but I'm yeah. good in Excel. I must yeah. be. People, the Army sends me all over the world to train their analysts and investigators. So I must be doing something right. <laughs> so 
but there's stuff in Excel I have no idea. My granddaughter knows my Excel expertise, <laughs> and she, I've helped her in stuff. But then she starts asking me, my daughter, she's working on her civil engineering degree, and there's engineering functions in Excel. Now, I have no idea what they even mean, how alone, how to use them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, it was a, you know, a, trying to help her with a function. She says, well, this is the function the instructor says to use. And, you know, I'm pretty good at reading stuff and figuring out and, you know, but I don't know what the terms are and stuff like this, but we ended up doing it. And it took me a long time to do it, but do it again. Oh my God, no way. I never use it. So, you know, training is a thing. Don't be afraid to learn something new, you know, ask somebody. Yeah. And well, on YouTube or there's plenty of forums, there's plenty out there on the internet is just the, some of the terms that we've already brought up about shortcuts and ribbons and customization and macro. There is a ton of videos out there. LEA podcast with Seth Potts is doing small two, three minute videos on Excel right now that we publish every Tuesday. So there is a ton of stuff out there where you can learn more. And I highly suggest you even take one of Lenny's classes if you ever go to the conferences and he's teaching. Highly recommend that. Well, what I've been doing since COVID is I have two classes that I've sort of come up and trying to, you know, help people that are stuck. I mean, there's still people that can't travel. I mean, we just did, you know, where I saw you at LAIU in uh, Dallas. Yes. And uh, there were people who were not allowed to come because yeah. of COVID still. And that was only what, three May. months ago? Yeah, yeah May. May. So, I mean, there's still people. And today there's still people that can't, their department won't let them travel. But anyway, yeah. so I have two classes that I offer. I've taught oh, for several of the risk projects. I taught for, I taught the same classes I taught for LAIU. I taught them online for ROCIC, for oh, a couple other places, and as well as the National Fusion Center Association. And the classes, I have two of them. They're about three hours each, three to four, because it depends on the questions. Because I can't stand to leave, turn it off. I can't, I can't do it. A, a, they said, do it in two hours. Well, then someone has a question and I can't hang up. <laughs> I just, I, you know, I'm there to help. But anyways, so the two classes are formulas, functions, and macros. Oh, my. Yeah. Playing on yeah. the Wizard of Oz. And then the other one is pivot tables from A to Z with a lot of Z, trying to show <laughs> some of the more complicated things you can do with a pivot table so that somebody reading it will think, well, maybe I'll learn something. Yeah. But I still, I mean, to this day, it amazes me how many people do not know what a pivot table is. And the number one thing is the double click on the fill handle to fill that formula down. And when I teach my class, and no matter which class it is, in person, I can't do it online, but in person, I'll say, and we'll do something. I'll say, again, how many people learn something new? And I use that. And I, I said, I'm not trying to embarrass you. I'm trying to gauge how fast to talk. Because although I'm a Florida boy, <laughs> the guy can talk fast. <laughs> I may be, have a lot of sauce in me, but I can talk fast. And I want to gauge it. If I have a whole bunch of people raising their hands at that, then I slow down. And yes. we make sure we stress on this stuff. But uh, seriously, a third to a half did not of Mike of no matter when I did teach it 
don't know about double click on the fill handle. Yeah. Actually, there's, I was wondering if you have a solution for something that I'm frustrated with Excel that I wish it would do a better job of, and maybe I'm missing something. So there are times when I'll have detailed data and I want something that probably would look more like an access report. So I might have five or six dimensions and then I want to summarize do a count or a sum of the final column there. Now, I don't necessarily want to do a pivot table there because I don't want it. I don't want it to be tiered. I, I just want the dimensions in the columns and then the final one being the metric. To me, the only way I know how to do that is to take the dimensions, make them a distinct list, and then do a sum ifs function. That's what I was going to say. Things to do that. And, and that's the only way that I can do that. And it's doable, but it's still to me that that's a lot of steps in order to get to that point. I wish they would have something where it would be easier to take raw data and summarize it in a report in Excel. Yeah. Yeah, it would be nice. So. Excel doesn't, I mean, it doesn't have a lot of reporting functionality. I mean, it's just one of the things it doesn't do. It counts yeah. and adds and breaks mm -hmm. it down. That's what it's good at. But what I tell all my students, I said, now that you've had my class, if you have a question, be glad to help me. I said, but do not call me and say, Lenny, I have this spreadsheet. And in column A, I've got this. In column B, I have this. And I'm trying to do this. I want to add this and subtract this. I want to do this. I want to do that. I stopped listening about <laughs> five seconds into it, just like I did with you. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and, and say, send me the sheet. Because <laughs> yeah. you don't know what's in the sheet. I mean, I have an idea of what you're trying to do, but, and you know, I know what the sum if function does, and you know, where you can do the sum and you can do that to not show the data. Now, you can do that in a pivot table too. If you drag a bunch of stuff into column A, it can help break that down into that kind of format. From what I'm understanding, you're saying, you know, it does that sort of sum if type thing if you drag for example if you drag day and month mm -hmm. into column a on a pivot table it'll break it down by month and by day and it won't show all the months it'll just show the days and if you drag year it'll say 2022 january then the dates in january and then 20 then february and then march etc cetera, etc cetera. so it does sort of that but again, you know, it's hard for yeah. me to visualize what you're now, talking about. And I'm, I guess where I was getting at is say I have like city, state, and county right. in the data. I'd want one column for state, one column for county, and one column for city. But I don't want them tiered like they would show up in a pivot table. I don't want, you know, if I put all three of those in a pivot table, it's going to give me the, the state and then it's going to have the plus minus there. And then it's going to break down underneath that the counties and then uh, underneath that is going to show me the cities that are in within each county so it's going to tier them i don't want them tiered i want it to be in a, like a a just a basically a new spreadsheet to where it says column one is state column two is county column three is city and then the metric in the fourth column and the only way i know how to do that is with the sum ifs how we described it where you do a distinct and then do a sum ifs to, to calculate that I don't know. I got to see it. All right. So let's go on then, because I do want to get in a couple of stories before we finish up. And you did work some really fascinating cases. The first one I'd like to talk about is the Henry Lyons case. So Henry Lyons was a preacher. 
and was the head of the some, I forget the name of it. You, you can Google it and find it. Mm-hmm. But so Henry Lyons was a preacher in St. Pete. And he was also the head of the South Baptist something or other collection of churches. So one day we get the call of an arson and we go to this really fancy part of St. Pete down on the water. And we find in there Henry Lyon's wife, who has been drinking (laughs) and she has set fire to this uh, house. So we come to find out she was going through some drawers at her house, which was not in the nicest area. It was okay, but it wasn't the nicest area. It wasn't as nice as this house. And she found a deed to this house down here for her husband. And I think she was his secretary. This is years ago. Classic story. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And so she said, well, I'm going to go to that. So she broke into the house and started drinking and find out. So we started going in to and finding out that he has been stealing money, not only from his church, but from the national convention of those churches also. And anyway, so one of the things I had to do is because he wasn't charged with the part I can, I was going to tell you, so I can't talk about that. I don't want to talk about what he was not charged with. But one of the things I had to do is, and this is a long time ago, I had to break down the phone calls from his office phone, from his cell phone, and from this other suspected person. And one of the things I had to do, now this is before you could do it in any other program, is break it down by what I call the multi-target analysis, where you list all the targets and then you show the, the numbers that were called. And then you show how many times each target called each number. Then you break it down. So that gives you the total number of calls by each target. But then you break it down by how many targets, how many targets that number is in common to. So if he only called it from the house, there'd only be a one. But if he called it from his house, the phone, and this other person, if they all called this number, then it was called by all three targets. Sure. So you, you want to rate that higher than just a plain frequency analysis. So I had to come in at 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning every day during this investigation and then break out the total calls like that. And then the daily, what happened in the last day, how many targets. And that had to be done and faxed, believe it or not, to the state attorney for their daily meeting because this was a high profile case. Yeah. How are you getting the data? Was the data coming to you in hard um, copy? Phone tolls and pin registers. Yeah, but was, okay. So they had electronically already. Okay. So I I had electronic at that point. So phone tolls and pin registers, thank God. (laughs) Uh, But, and then, you know, that was, I was getting daily things from the phone company, which, you know, hard to do. Every day, the phone company would send me the one we had uh, phone tolls or CDRs, whatever you want to call it. I would get those daily and which, you know, was not, is not done very much now. I mean, so I got to work that. But anyways, that's a pretty famous case. What was he eventually charged with? Embezzlement. Okay. And then, then he got out. <laughs> he, he came and said, I, I, first off, he blamed, he, he was up there preaching us and blaming. He said, they put me on the internet. This is back when the internet was sort of new. I'm on the internet. They're accusing me of all this internet stuff. And the, <laughs> the congregation is all behind a preacher, right? Sure. So they're all screaming and hollering about the internet and this. <laughs> then they find out he's stealing their money. They weren't so happy. Oh, so anyways, he gets out of jail, goes back, 
and says, I have seen the way. Jesus has taught me the way and wants me back. He wants me in front. They hired him back and caught him stealing again. Oh, then he only went, once. <laughs> then he went, so they fired him. He went to another area of the state close by here and started a daycare center and then put his girlfriend in the charge of the daycare center and him as a divisor paying them, you know, tens of thousands of dollars in consulting fees. They don't do anything. (laughs) So he got fired from that one too. So anyways. Yeah. uh, Some people never learn, I guess. Oh, all right. So yeah, let's go to the next one because this is one that's more recent and I think people are going to be aware of this case. (laughs) Well, I had another one. So I'll go back to that one in a second when you you get a chance. But so the one you're talking about is I got to work on the Boston Marathon bombing. I was on the periphery of the case, but the Massachusetts State Police is using ACES software. Well, in addition to the case management program, one of the modules we have is called Tips and Tasks. It's to manage leads. So in my unit, we use it for all the drug tips. A drug tip would come in, we'd fill out the information, we'd give it to a supervisor, he would review it, he would then assign it. And when you assign it, you give him a due date. And if it's not done by the due date, the supervisor is notified and the investigator is notified. And then if it's a crap tip, you know, you're not going to do anything with it. You just close it out. But if it's a good tip and you've got three addresses and a phone number and a vehicle and all that kind of stuff in the tip, all you got to do is click a button and it will t- copy all the tip information into a case, put it into the report. Now, all you got to do is add any new information and do a narrative and your report is done. So anyways, they have this software. So I was at a uh, conference in Texas. I think I think it was in Austin. I'm not sure where I was. And I'm in a conference. I got called out of the meeting. My cell phone was ringing. So I went out and Lenny, we're using ACES to track all the leads in the bombing. How do I assign a tip to someone that's not built and doesn't work at my agency? I said, well, and to enable that, go to system admin, go to tips, click this button, do this. And then click that. And then an option will be where you can just type in the name and it will build them for you. So you don't have to build them first. He goes, thank you. I said, but what bombing? He goes, the marathon. I said, because I didn't, you know, I didn't Mm -hmm. put two and two together. I said, what marathon? He said, the Boston Marathon. Two bombs have gone off. We've got five or 10 people dead. We've got hundreds of people injured because this is the first 30 minutes. They didn't know what they had. Mm -hmm. And so myself and the other guys from ACES, we basically worked with them till midnight and every lead that came in was done in our software and up until midnight when the fbi came in and took over the the things they declared it a terrorist act and they put themselves in charge so they stopped Mm -hmm. using aces Mm -hmm. so anyways that's one of the biggest honors of my life think about that yeah you know they're sitting around scraping the bottom of the barrel in the whole united states and at the very bottom Amongst all the gunk and everything else, my name popped up. <laughs> but out of that, because at that time, now this is early in the investigation, they didn't know if these two guys were working alone, if they were part of another cell, if there were other people working with them. They didn't know at that point. Okay. But they knew that the original target of the Boston Marathon bombing was not the Boston Marathon. It was the 4th of July celebration. But they got the bombs done early, so they were going to do both. Mm-hmm. Well, anyways, so for the about a 
month after the bombing, I called them. I said, hey, let's do a wash of this and see what you can do better, what we can do better and see what we can come up with. And they said, sure. So we did this and we're on the phone for about an hour. And Dermot Quinn, Major Quinn, who later became Colonel Quinn, who is now retired. But anyways, Colonel Quinn told, said, well, I'm going to tell you something not everybody knows. And he told us that about the, they weren't sure what was going to happen and that the original target, and they were afraid there's going to be a, a bombing for the 4th of July. Mm-hmm. So I, he said, well, two things. First off, can we have the software? Well, in our software, it's based on the number of users. So they had like 200 user license. Well, there were a thousand people using the software. Well, if you, if you're using our software and something like the Boston Marathon bombing happens or Kaylee Anthony, the little girl in Orlando, mm. it was using that also, but we will open up our software for unlimited users for 30 days. No questions asked and at the end of 30 days. If you need it more, we'll do another 30. Well, anyways, so what they asked is if they could keep this open because they had so many people on this till after the 4th of July. And we said, no problem. It actually kept it till the end of August. But anyway, and I said, so whatever, whatever else you need. And he goes, well, I need you. I says, okay, well, you know, I'll do whatever you want. He says, no, 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 you don't understand. I want you to come to Boston. And no, I'm not going to break into the song. I want, you to come, <laughs> I want you to come to Boston and you're going to work in the command center. If something happens, we are going to use ACES to track all the leads in ACES. And I want you there just to make sure we're doing it right because, you know, you've been doing it so long, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like I said, one of the biggest, you know, the honors of my life, my second wife, my children, my grandchildren, and being asked to be up there and work the command center. So I actually flew up there and worked three 20-hour days <laughs> and nothing happened. Be glad it didn't. Oh how, my long, God. how long did you do that for? Three days. Oh, you just did it for three days. Okay. Yeah, and that we was worked just right around 4th of July? Yeah. I think the, the, the second, third, and fourth is when I was there. But uh, so nothing happened, but be glad it didn't because the people in, so if we have people from the Northeast, they're going to get mad at me, not mad at me. Here's my joke. Not my, it's true. The people in Boston, they take the fourth of July very, very serious to them. This is their holiday. They're the ones that threw the tea in the water. They, (laughs) They started all of this. So the rest of the country is just hanging on. I mean, they have the Boston. Oh yeah, the Boston Pops Orchestra plays at this outdoor pavilion. I mean, they close the city. You can't drive in the city. You have to take subways. They don't call it subways. They call it. You get a Charlie card to ride it. And it goes back to a Kingston Trio song. Let me tell you a story about a man named Charlie on a tragic mm-hmm. and fateful day. He had ten cents in his pocket because his wife and children went to ride on the MTA. Well, anyways. So they have a Charlie card to write that, which I thought was funny because I'm a Kingston Trio fan. But anyway, the so you have to take a bus, you have to walk, cabs work, and you can take the subway. And that's the only way to get in and out of town because it's so crowded. Had the bombs gone off then and they'd have put them in the choke points, like where everybody's trying to go crowd down to the subway, ca- subway station. Yeah, well, that was similar to the Olympic bombing, right? In 96, that's similar to what what he's yeah. doing, right? But anyway, yep. go ahead. Sorry, I interrupted you. That's okay. But anyways, if they'd have done that, oh, there'd have been, you know, no more telling how many people killed and thousands injured just because of that there. But so anyways, being asked to work that was, like I said, one of the biggest honors of my life. 
Yeah. So I'm just trying to get the timeline real quick in my head because that's Boston Marathon's always around tax day, right? So that's April, April 15th. Yeah. And then you're talking about a month later reaching out and that would have been May 15th. Right. And that's another six weeks before the 4th of July. So that's not, it's still fresh in everybody's mind and certainly could have been kind of high, still high stakes, even moving into the hut. 4th of July. So that's good stuff there. Yeah. But anyways, that's really cool. Walking in as the only, Oh, by the way, I'm the only civilian. I got, nice. to, I got, a, I got a story. So I walk into the thing and you know, the FBI was upset. Uh, but the, mate, the Colonel said, look, you're in my house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, this is the way it's going to be. This is what we're going to do. So anyway, being asked to do that was really cool. I mean, so I'm sitting, they have a bunch of rows of tables. And everybody had computers. I had ACES online and I'm doing all this stuff, you know, checking names. So somebody would call in and this is the FBI is running the command center and they had a whiteboard at the top of the screen. So somebody called in a tip. They'd walk over to the whiteboard and write the tip down on the whiteboard. And then everybody back there would walk up, get the name stuff, go back, check your computer systems to see if you had any information on that. So in ACES, you don't have to do that. He lost that battle. But in ACES, we have a command center, so it can actually automate your command center. When a tip comes in, it shows on a projector, on a screen, it maps all the tips as they're coming in, and then it does, which I think is really cool, any subjects, vehicles, telephones, or addresses that have more than one tip, it shows it. So if there's an address with five tips, you can say, wait a second, you don't have to remember it. I mean, it just tells you that. Now, the supervisor can say, let's send the team down to that address, see what's going on. Let me see those tips. But anyway, beside the point. But anyways, we're all getting doing all this stuff. Well, now think of the guts this took. Two detectives says, I have a Middle Eastern male, short hair, cleanly shaved, carrying a backpack. He has just set the backpack down by a tree and is walking away. That's what they did in the Boston Marathon bombing. Mm-hmm. That first bomb, he, I don't remember which one it is, but yeah. went over and put it down by a garbage can, a tree, and a little kid. And when it went off, it killed that kid right away. Mm-hmm. So anyways, did the same thing. Think of the guts it took those two undercover detectives to walk up to that guy. Mm-hmm. So it, So they're talking to the guy. And they're sitting there and they come up and they said, he's in a student and he lives such and such. And he's from, and I forget if it was Iraq or Iran, one of the two. And they said, here, here's his phone number from his cell phone and his, where he lived in Iraq or Iran. So at everybody's table, you had your name and the agency you represented. So I had Lenny Leedy. And I had Massachusetts State Police. There was Boston PD. The Navy was there. The Army was there. All the local police departments were there. The college already had their own thing. And behind me were three people with a name and no agency. Okay. Let that sink in. Mm-hmm. So the guy calls up and he says, and he's got his cell phone number is this. The guy behind me jumps up and says, what's that number? And I'm going, Okay. So he tells him the number and in about 15 or 20 seconds, let me get the wording right. We have calls to, not targeted, but calls to countries of interest, but no calls of significance. Mm -hmm. You know what that was? Think about it. ZNSA and the CIA were sitting behind me. Yeah. They checked that phone number. What was that program called back then? 
where all calls out of the United States to oh. be taken by the NSA. Yeah. Anyway, so that's what that was. I just thought that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I turned around and I said, now I know where you work. And they just smiled <laughs> at me. <laughs> well played. Well played. All right. Did you have a, another story you wanted to tell? We did Romeo Mathis. Romeo Mathis was a, the first, when he was prosecuted, was prosecuted under the federal statute for the death penalty for crack cocaine. So if you did so much crack cocaine, then you could, they could request the death penalty on you. And he was found guilty under that. Turned out, you know, they said that was too extreme. He lost that. So he got life in prison. And then a certain president went ahead and pardoned him. So anyways, beside the point, we were, were, he had a bunch of people working for him. And this was my biggest at that time, the biggest cell phone um, pen registers, phone tolls that I'd ever worked. And this is back when beepers were popular. Mm -hmm. And so what he did, he had a bunch of dealers working for him. And we did 10,000 phone calls a month. I'm sorry, in three months, 10,000 phone calls in three months. Wow. How do you do (laughs) 10? thousand phone calls in three months and it was you know it'd be you get a he'd send out a a beep then he'd get a call in and then he'd send out another beep get a call in i mean you know what is that three thousand calls a month a hundred calls a day yeah how do you do that for three solid months and so we did that. And back then I did the majority of the analysis. I did an ACES because, you know, by this point, ACES is pen register program. I had told them what we wanted to do, which is sort of cool. They weren't cops. So I, they basically built the software on our suggestions. What do we need? So I basically spec'd out what was in the telephone analysis package. I want to do a frequency analysis. I want to do time of day. I want to do day of week. Then they would write the code and they did it because, you know, they didn't know. But anyways, it turned out it's a fairly decent program. And I was still doing some stuff in Excel because they didn't have that functionality yet. But that was another one of those, you know, every day I was working phone tolls, but 10,000 phone calls in three months. I I, I can tell you how I made an analyst cry. (laughs) i'm teaching excel up in orlando area for a haida they hired me up there to go up there and teach class so i was up there teaching and in excel if you have a phone number in excel 10 digits you could go in and type left parentheses type in the area code right parentheses put in a space type three numbers put in a dash and then type the number correct Mm mm-hmm but you can just type the 10 numbers and then you right click format cell click format on the column right click format go to special and about the third one down there is phone number mm-hmm. and it will add that for you yeah. so i'm in the class and i am teaching that and i said here's a quick trick because i like to do these quick tips the things people don't know mm-hmm. and here's a quick tip and i said click here right click, do this, do this. And then I look back a few minutes later and this girl has tears in her eyes (laughs) and I'm, I joke a lot. I'm very outspoken. I, you know, and I'm thinking, Oh crap, I offended her. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I don't want to do that. I'm a nice guy. (laughs) So I asked her, I said, what did I say? Did I say something? I'm so sorry. She goes, you understand. And I went, my God, she goes, I hand typed 30,000 phone records 
into Excel. And we had the number called from, the called to, and the call number. And I typed in left parentheses, right parentheses, space, dash, and the number. She goes, that took me a month to do that. I spent 40 hours, a whole week, just typing left parentheses, right parentheses, (laughs) space, and a dash. She figured out how many characters she typed, how fast she types per minute. And she figured she spent seven days just doing the parentheses, a dash. I'm about to cry. (laughs) Well, you think about, you know, because you don't numbers, you can pretty type pretty fast, but then you got to look at the keyboard, hit the shift, find the parentheses, make sure you have the space, right? It's not as quick as you're just typing numbers or letters. That's the same class. I almost killed a, an analyst. Jeez. Oh yeah. So I I tell jokes in my class because Excel is not the most, it's boring. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I try to tell jokes and make people laugh. So I told this stupid joke and I look back and the class, oh, it was so, oh, it was so tight. We were so tight in there. There was only one aisle and there was like 10 people to a row and you had to actually go down, walk down one end of the classroom and go behind 10 people to get to the other. And so I look back and three rows back is a girl. And just like you hear on TV and you, you know, when you go to first aid class, face is red hands she has her hands around her throat her eyes are bulging out she's choking right so i got done telling this joke and i look back and i knew what it was so i jumped up on the instructor's table i ran across all three tables and i'm yelling call 911 call 911 and they're all laughing thinking i'm doing more joke stuff right so the whole place so i grab her i push the table out of the way i pick her up and i'm doing the heimlich on her and all of a sudden everybody said you know i think lydia is serious (laughs) (laughs) so they all got up and they're they're clearing tables and chairs out of the way and they're running off to call 911 and it wasn't like in the movies where they spit it across the room Oh. I, I got it out of her throat and it went into her mouth and she raised her hands and he's waving her hands and, and shaking her head like, okay, okay, you got me, you got me. And it was my stupid joke. And she started laughing while eating a piece of licorice. Oh, okay. I was getting, I was trying to get to the point where, how did you almost kill her? Cause it sounds like you saved her life, but I see what you did there. <laughs> but it was, oh, now it's a funny story. But back then I tell oh. you what, we were saying, she's going, oh my God. It was just like on TV. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't do anything. Thank you. Thank you. So that's how I made an analyst cry and almost killed one in the same day. Oh, geez. Oh, what a class. All right. Well, let's finish up with personal interests, which you have a couple of fun ones here. So you play the banjo and you're a wilderness trainer. So that means we need to cue the music. Oh, don't do it. You know, cues the music deliverance, but just to talk a little bit about both of those. Well, when I first, I had a football track scholarship in college. Now, what the heck does this have to do with banjo and whitewater canoeing? So I had a football scholarship, track scholarship in college, and I was used to getting up at five in the morning, going down for the weight room, going to class, then having skull sessions at night and doing this. And then when I went to work for the YMCA, my boss required me to put in my 40 hours during the day. And I had to do night things for the community. I did different things, Indian guides and all kinds of different programs. So I was used to working, 
you know, 60, 80 hours a week. So then when I became a cop, I got bored. <laughs> I basically worked eight hours and went home. So I happened to be looking and the local college said, we're teaching a wilderness survival class. And I said, I like the wilds. So I took the class and we did rappelling. We did a little bit of canoeing and we did, you know, wilderness survival, you know, map and compass and, you know, all the skills, building fires, you know, all that kind of stuff. So we did that. And I liked it. I had a good time. Well, anyways, I became good friends with the instructor. and I started teaching with him. Well, then he moved away. And in, in that time, I had taken, there's a place called the Nanahala Outdoor Center in North Carolina, which to me, if you want to learn canoeing and kayaking, that's the place to go. It's on the Nanahala River. So I took the whitewater canoe instructor. I, first, I took basic whitewater classes. And then I took the instructor's class. And so out of that, I started a business because I was bored. And I would teach a wild, what I called my wilderness skills class. And we did rock climbing, rappelling, whitewater canoeing, some wilderness survival stuff. And then we would, you know, we did two days of whitewater, two days of rock climbing. Well, it worked out that I had my days off rotated. They went from Monday, Tuesday to Thursday, Friday to Saturday, Sunday. Well, I worked midnights. I got off Friday morning. So I would jump in the car because we would do the basic stuff here in Florida. And then I would jump in the car on Friday, drive to Yona Mountain in Helen, Georgia, where we taught rock climbing. And we did that for two days. And then we would go and do a day of white water there in Helen. There's a, the Chattahoochee River. And then we would go to North Carolina and go on the Nantahala River and then come home. And I didn't have to take any time off because I had off. I was off Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And I have to be back to work till Wednesday afternoon. So it worked out well. And I did that for years. Well, that's the my whitewater, my wilderness, wilderness classes and the whitewater and stuff like that. And I've done that for years. And I've also been interested in the banjo. It started with Bonnie and Clyde and listening <laughs> to Foggy Mountain Breakdown. I said, that's so cool. And then I happened to go to a concert by Shanana, which is a band from the <laughs> 70s. Anyways, who Steve Martin opened for them. Yeah, because he's a banjo player. Oh, he is a banjo player. Yeah. <laughs> he's one of the best in the world. And he walks out with an arrow on his head, you know, arrow through <laughs> his head, playing Foggy Mountain Breakdown. And so I got interested and I said, I don't have any real musical talent and I don't. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I'm sitting here. If, you, if this was on video, you could read my T-shirt. It says, I play banjo because I like it, not because I'm good at it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And my problem is I just don't have time to practice. Mm -hmm. If I practice more, I could be better. But anyways, so seeing Steve Martin and then I started taking banjo lessons. Well, then I got transferred to narcotics and I had no free time anymore because I ended up working evenings and then courts all day, search warrants, all that kind of stuff. So for years, I didn't do anything. And then when I retired, I started taking some more banjo classes and teaching some other whitewater stuff, but I enjoy it. I, I enjoy the outdoors and I uh, enjoy doing that. Excellent. So, you know, that's something people, when you say, tell me something you think Levy does, they're going to say, well, he's a computer geek. And he's like, <laughs> well, he, he is. I'm sitting here right now and I've got three monitors and a <laughs> laptop. And so I am a geek, but Lenny does like my wife and I, my wife say, it was really cool. My wife was a cop for 
30 years at St. Pete, retired on a Friday, became a sheriff's deputy and did 15 years as a sheriff's deputy, did 45 years. She was the first female SWAP member in the state of Florida. Wow. When she went to the police Olympics, she not only outshot all the women, she outshot all the men. Nice. And a homicide detective for 15 years, worked a pretty famous case. I even got to work on that one too. I did the link charting and it was the OBA Chandler case. If they want to Google that, OBA, Chandler, C-H-A-N-D-L-E-R. A mother and two daughters came down from Ohio. They were worked on a dairy farm. They owned their own dairy farm. And they came to Florida. And just the girls, the white mother and two daughters, the dad had to stay there because cows don't take a vacation. They still need to be milked. Well, anyways, the girls came down. They met this guy in Tampa. They did all the touristy stuff, you know, met this guy in Tampa. He took them out on a boat. He raped them, tied them, duct taped their hands and feet together, tied a cement block around their necks and threw them overboard alive. My wife worked that case for five years. And basically I did all the link charts on all that. And I did all the phone toll. We worked the case in conjunction with the FBI, but the FBI, it was so much paperwork for them to do a pen register and the trap and trace that we did it for them. They wrote the paperwork, but we did all the data. So I did all the analysis on that and ended up catching it. And he ended up getting the death penalty. He was put to death a few years ago after about 20 years on death row. And my wife has been on national TV five or six times. So for your listeners, if you're saying, wait a second, that sounds familiar. She has been on most recently on a show called Family Massacre, which was on the Oxygen Channel. And it was, uh, they did 10 shows. And one of those shows was about the Rogers family. Your wife's name? Sindra or Cindy Leedy, L-E-E-D-Y. Okay. But if you Google Cindy Leedy or Cindy Cummings, because we weren't married back then. Okay. So yeah, I took, I took my girlfriend out to Reno, Nevada. I was there for a week teaching a wiretap class and came back married. I don't know how that <laughs> happened. I, I, I seriously we went out there and all of a sudden I come back and now I'm married. But we lived together for 18 years before that because it took me that long to convince her. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so I worked, I got to work that case and got to do a lot of stuff on that. So that was sort of cool. All right. Well, good. Well, we're running a little bit long here, so I didn't get to talking about conferences, but I just wanted to point out that I really appreciate your effort as a vendor who also teaches at these conferences and teaching something like Excel and really giving great advice to analysts all these years. So thank you so much for your contribution to the associations and the profession. Well, you have to thank ACES also because, you know, they're the ones paying for the conference. And in a lot of these conferences, I get time that's paid for by them. And I do just a five minute thing, but then I get to do a half hour or an hour of Excel. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, excellent. All right, well, our last segment to the show is Words to the World. And this is where I give the guest the last word. Lenny, you can promote any idea that you wish. What are your words to the world? Don't stop learning. (laughs) You know, seriously, there's a lot of resources out there. You can go to YouTube. There's all kinds of stuff on YouTube. Now, the problem is most YouTube stuff is business oriented, but still you can learn it. Go to your local junior college. I took every junior college class there was in Outlook. I mean, Outlook in Excel, also Access, but I ended up not using Access because it was easier to do Excel. So anyways, go to go to school, learn something. Call me up, say, Lenny, <laughs> will you do a your two free classes for my group? 
yeah, you get 20, 30 people in, or, you know, if you work at a sheriff's department, get the local police departments, we'll set up a conference call and I'll send you some files and you can follow along and don't be afraid to learn, you know, especially stop saying I've been using Excel for 10 years. I already know everything is in Excel. I've been using Excel since 1990 or 91 or 92, whenever it came out. I've been using Excel ever since then. There's a whole bunch of stuff I don't know. So, and I, and I learn stuff even from classes I'm teaching. Someone will come up with some unique way of doing something. I'll go, I didn't think of that. So use your resources and they are multiple. Is that good? Very good. Well, I leave every guest with you've given me just enough to talk bad about you later. (laughs) That's easy for me. (laughs) (laughs) But I do appreciate you being on the show, Lenny. Thank you so much. And you be safe. All right. Have a good day, sir. Thank you for making it to the end of another episode of Analyst Talk with Jason Elder. You can show your support by sharing this and other episodes found on our website at www.leapodcasts.com. If you have a topic you would like us to cover or have a suggestion for our next guest, please send us an email at leapodcasts at gmail.com. Till next time, analysts, keep talking.